God is so good. And I get to be here this morning with my family. It's Labor Day weekend. And here we are. Hey, uh, when you walked in, there was one of these cards on the seat uh, that you're sitting on. And uh, next week, we are starting a brand new series. For the next six weeks, we are going to talk about family. As a matter of fact, for the first couple of weeks, we're actually going to talk about children. The, the, the kind of the, the subtitle that, that the first couple of weeks are going to have is how to bring out the best in my children. Parents, you want to know how, how to bring out the best in your kids? We're going to talk about that for the next, next couple of weeks. Some of you are thinking, because I know how you think. I don't have any kids, so I, I don't need to be here. Or, or I, I've done that. Or, or you might be thinking, well, I, I've, got a, I've got a while to go before I have kids. Let me let you in on a little secret. We're going to talk about five things the Bible tells us that we can do to bring out the best in our kids. The secret is you can apply these same five things with other people too, the friends in your lives, your relatives. How do I bring out the best in the people around me? So you do not want to miss the next two weeks when we really dive into that. And listen, if, if, if you're in a place where everybody in, in your circle, your circle of friends are your age only, you're boring. You need kids in your lives. We, 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 don't just tra- we, don't just, we don't just raise our kids. Our, our kids are part of a process of raising us. Your nieces and nephews and your friends' kids, God has designed this thing to work on all of us. So this is a big deal. Let's not miss it. And uh, this morning, I just want to, I want to, ra- so invite, the cards are there, so you invite somebody. When you walk out the doors, they- Actually, there's a really cool thing. When you go out through the cafe and, and go out that way, we have ice cream that you can take with you. So don't miss that. But, but besides, as you, as you leave these doors, our, our, our guest services, they're going to hand you some cards, as many as you want, because we, we want to open our arms. This is going to be a series that we can invite all of our friends in and really take advantage of it in all of our lives. And you'll notice in your notes, I, I entitled this message I get to. And, and, and I did that for a reason because there, there was a number of years where my mindset was I, I would get up in the morning and I'd get to work and I would get to work and I, and, and I would be thinking, you know, I have to do this and I have to do that. And, and, and I was thinking in terms of the things that I have to do. But guys, I've been here like 19 years now. And over the course of the last few years, one of the things that I recognize is it's not for me anymore. I have to. It is I get to. I get to be your pastor. I get to, I get to stand up here, open up God's word, and, and look at his principles and share them with my church family. I, I live in the benefit of this privilege. And as we're followers of Christ, living in all that he has done for us, and Paul talks about this, and I want to break that open a little bit this morning, but, but the reality is we get to follow Christ. 
we get to, when we leave this planet, go to heaven. And maybe you don't know where that shakes out for you, but let me give you a statistic. 100% of people who are born die. So you figure that out. Those of us who are followers of Christ, we get to spend eternity with him. We get to spend our lives here together living the life that he's called us to, designed us for. And I got to tell you, I look back and, and, and I, look at, I look at an illusion that I believe all of us struggle with. I know that I did for years. This illusion that, that at some point in time, at some point, in maybe the near future, maybe the, we don't even know. We, we kind of hope. It, this, we live with this illusion that just around the bend, if this happens or if that happens, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be content. Then, then I'll be okay. And some of us walk through our entire lives thinking that in areas of our lives, the, the thing that is going to make the difference for some people, it's retirement. For, for, for some people, it's a certain amount of money, which is also elusive, or a relationship. We do this in different areas of our lives, and I can relate to that in my, my life. I can, remember, I can remember being in church and, and, and noticing this blonde chick, and and I called her up. I got her phone number from somewhere. I, I had friends who had connections. And, and, and I got her phone number, and I called her up, left a message, and, and she never called me. So, so I found out where she worked. And Now, I'm not recommending this. Now, you could get in trouble for stalking if you, if you don't. I'm not saying this so you do this. Don't say, well, Pastor James did this so. No, no, don't do that. But I showed up at work where she worked, and she happened to at that time work at Home Depot, and I, and I remember walking down the aisle to the department where I knew she was, and, and she happened to be actually bending over doing something, and, and she had these, uh, this is confession time, okay? <laughs> she had these black jeans on, and she was bending over doing something. God is my witness. This is the thought that went through my head. I kind of walked up behind her, and my instant thought was, I can live with that. <laughs> that that's the thought that went through my mind, I, I, totally transparent. But, but we get to, and then I'm, I remember thinking, it, it would be nice to be, to be going, and then we started going out together, and I'm thinking, it would be nice if, if we were husband and wife, and then she dumped me, and then I had to go through this whole process of, of getting through all that. But, and then as we're married, I'm thinking, kids, with, and, and along comes Wes, and, and the diapers, oh my God, and we just can't wait till the next, the next, the next, the next stage of life, and, and there were monitors because we... Both, have, both of our parents had kids that died of SIDS, and so we, our kids were on, on monitors, and then Julia came, and, and it's elementary school, and oh my God, I can't wait till junior high school, and then junior high school, God, I cannot wait until, until high school, and, and then college, and then marriage, and, 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 and we're still waiting on West with college and marriage, but Julia got through co <laughs> college and marriage, and, 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 you know, and we're always thinking about the next phase. And around every, we can't wait for the next phase. And around every turn, there's really just another challenge. I was thinking about that and even noticing it in my own life. You know, 
we can so spend much of our life pursuing our dreams and our goals, and we should do that. It's not that we shouldn't do that, but, but our culture actually feeds into this and, and says, indulge, get all you can, gratify yourself, get whatever you want. You deserve it. You deserve a break today. And then Jesus says, listen, if you want to be my disciples, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. What's he saying? He says, I want, I want to be first in your life. I gave it all so you could have relationship with me. This, this is the message of Jesus. And we, I, I can just never stop telling this part of the gospel and Paul, I, I want to look at Paul's life just briefly, because Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, changing the diapers in children's ministries, giving a child a cup of water, when you're doing laundry at home, when you're picking up kids at school, whatever you do. Errands that you're running for your boss, do it for the glory of God. Because the prize, the prize is not somewhere out there in an occasional accomplishment. They're good, that's okay. But that's not where the prize is. It's in what we do daily for the glory of God. Paul lays this out so clearly so that you and I can learn to be grateful in the grind. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. And if you're not taking notes, I want you to just poke the person next to you, take their paper away from him and write it down so that you take notes home with you. What if the work is the reward? What if the prize is in the very process? What if you and I can learn to be grateful in the grind? Jesus says, follow me. Take up your cross, follow me. Paul says, I've done this, and let me talk about it. And, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul's almost transparent. He almost tells us more than he has to. He, he's, he's almost making himself vulnerable as he writes to the church in Corinth. He says, I, at least, I, I'm the least of the disciples. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle, Paul said. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following Christ, but, but before then, before I followed Christ, I was bad. I was pursuing Christians and putting them in jail. I was pursuing Christians and taking them to the point that they would be crucified, that they would be killed, that they would be put to death. I'm, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle, he said. I hated Christians so much that I had them killed. Look what he says in verse 9. I'm the least of the apostles. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But, oh, but, but by the grace of God. And that's, that's some of our story. Some of us here this morning, that is our story. I was a screw-up. 
And the only reason I'm here is because of the grace of God. And his grace to me was not without effect. In other words, the more I was willing to let his grace work in my life, it worked. And it worked. And it worked. And it worked. And the level of my life went higher and higher and higher and higher. No, I worked harder than all of them, Paul says. He's not bragging here. Paul is saying, because of what Jesus did that I don't deserve, I allowed him to do all he wanted to do. And I took advantage of everything he wanted me to do because I'm his servant. And I just wanted to serve him. And I just wanted people to know about him. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Church, that's, that's our story. That's who we are. It wasn't any good, but he changed me. Paul is saying, because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, I recognized it, and I recognized how important it is how powerful it is, and how much he gave. And so I worked harder. He's not saying I worked harder so that I would get a better place in heaven. I worked harder so that I would have a bigger crown. I worked harder so that I would get more. He's not saying that. He's saying I worked harder because I recognized what Christ did for me. Others went to bed. I stayed up memorizing Scripture. And I don't know what this, how, how this, this sifts out for you. And for me, it's, it's different for all of us. For some of us, I, got up, I, got up, I get up earlier in the morning and I get to the office so that I can do things right and make sure things are right so everything is good for the glory of God. God is honored by what I do. Paul's saying, when I desired comfort, I, I realized that life was not really going to be comfortable. Sean Blakely said this, and I, I wrote it down because I, I wanted to read it. A lack of discipline in your life will be a lid on your life. A lack of discipline in your life will be a lid on your life. John Maxwell in his leadership books talks often about the lid. We all have a lid. You're going to rise up to be a seven. Somebody else is going to rise up to be an eight. Somebody's going to only, they're only going to be a four. And there, there's, there are lids in our lives. And if we never get the area of finances worked out where we're living biblically with our finances, we're always going to slap up against that lid. We are never going to grow past wherever that lid is in serving in our lives, in, in relationships in our lives. The more that we, we apply biblical principles and follow, follow Christ and his teaching in our lives, you know what we do? We are raising the lid. Raising the lid. Different areas of our lives. Raising the lid. Paul saying, listen, I took the time and, and I memorized God's word so that when there were times when I didn't have his word, I, I, I had memorized it so I have it in my heart and in my mind. 
I didn't hide it. Paul was in prison. He didn't say, you know what, when I get out, I'll write a letter to the church in Philippi. No, no. He said, give me some paper. Give me a pen. The church in Philippi needs to hear some of this information. They, they need some direction. They need some encouragement. And Paul wrote the letters while he was in prison. He didn't say, well, when I get out, I'll send, I'll, I'll send them a letter. He, he stepped right into it. And if you and I are going to allow Christ to work in our lives, if, if we recognize that the work is the reward and that, that the prize is in the process and, and that we can be grateful even when it's a grind, if we recognize that, we are following Christ in the truest sense. We're taking our cross and we are following Him. I want to give you three things this morning that you can write down in your notes. See, I grew up in church, and I, and, and I used to hear phrases like a stumbling block. How many of you can ever remember hearing that phrase? Yeah, it's like he, he, he's a stumbling block, or, or this was a stumbling block, or, or, or a tripping stone, you know, and, and let's just call them enemies. We'll make it real simple here. If, 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 if following Christ and doing this is our goal, there are going to be things that trip us up. And there, there are three that come to mind for me, and so I, I just wanted to share them with you real quickly. And the first one, the first of the three enemies that, that, are, that are enemies of the true reward that we're talking about this morning, the first one actually is the pillow. It's the pillow. It's the seduction of comfort. Now, I don't know what that means to you, okay? I, I, there, there are different things that maybe for you it's a certain amount of money. There's, if I had this amount of money, what, what is it, I would ask this, what, what is it that you feel you need to be happy and comfortable? What, what is that? I don't know. For all of us, it's different. For some of us, it would be a better home. And, and maybe the, there are issues in there. Maybe for you it's walk-in closets, or, or maybe it's granite countertops. I, I, have no, I have no idea. Maybe it's a three-car garage. I said to Karen just recently, I said, listen, if I were to build, uh, build a home now, we sold our home and I was going to build myself a new home, I don't even care how big it would be. I don't care if it's 1,000 square feet. I don't care if it's 2,000. I don't care if it's 3,000 square feet. It could be anywhere from 1,000 to 3,000 square feet or more. I don't care. As long as whatever the square foot of my house is, I get the same amount as the square foot in a garage. Makes absolute sense to me. Our garage, we have a two-car garage. It is too small. We can't even get cars in there. We, we just don't have enough space. How much is enough? And for some of us, it might, it might not be the house. It might be the car. So what kind of car? Does it going to be a car with a sunroof? Do you, the last truck that I had, I had, to, I had to roll the windows up and roll them down. Now I just move that little switch. How many of you still have a car that you roll the windows up? Be honest. Yeah, see, some of you still have that, that crank thing. What is, what is it? Is it? Is it, would a nice car for you be a car with butt warmers, which doesn't matter to us here in Arizona? And I got to tell you, God, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I never even thought about this until just recently. But when I bought my truck, my F-150, I bought it three years old 
and, and, uh, and it has a, a lot of the bells and whistles. But what I didn't know when I bought it, 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 has, it has air-conditioned seats. So I hit that button, and cold air hits my butt. I didn't know. He says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. He goes down to even details like that in our lives. I had no idea. I love it. It is great. We, we, maybe for you, it's, how much, it's, a, it's this amount of money. That, that's what it is. But God never called us to take it easy. He said, take up your cross, follow me. We can be snagged by the pillow, the, 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 the seduction of comfort. It's okay to have this stuff. It's, it's fine. But when we make that the priority, it becomes a problem. The second thing is the shiny thing, the allure of constant distractions. Your phone goes ding, and instantly you're, you're thinking about what is it she's posting on Instagram right now? We're, we're distracted all day long by social media. Netflix, we'll start to watch a new series on Netflix, and, and it comes up, and, and before, at the very end of, of, of that episode, before there's even two lines of credits, this other screen pops up about the next episode, and 90% of us hit that button because we're, we're, we're sucked right in, and, and we'll go ahead and watch that, and and parents, we want our kids in soccer. We want our kids in dance. We want, we want, all, we want all this great stuff for our kids. Our, my kid's going to go to the Olympics. She's only three years old, but, but she's going to go to the Olympics. And, and, and we keep following this process. And it's okay to play soccer and dance. And we did that. We did soccer with the kids, and, and Julia did soccer. I don't know what happened to her, but one day she stopped, and she said, I'm done. And it's like the next day she said, I want to do dance. And so we're going to dance. And then I'm watching this show, Dance Moms, and I'm watching, oh, my God, I don't want to be there. And yet we go, we go to all these meets and all those moms, it looks like they're at our meets. And, and the, this whole world is going on. And, and, and you know what's going on? The carrot is hanging out in front of the donkey, and we just keep following. And, and we do this with the areas of our lives, these shiny distractions you will never find real satisfaction if you've been fooled by the shiny thing. It just doesn't deliver. It never delivers. It's okay to do this stuff, but it's not going to deliver what you think. And the third thing is the towel. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the towel. Different towel altogether. That was Jesus picking up a towel and serving his disciples by washing their feet. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the towel that's the perpetual temptation to quit. Could you imagine if Paul had quit? Shipwrecked. He finally gets to the, finally gets to the island and he stands up on the island and he said, that's it, I'm done. You get somebody else. Somebody else can write half the New Testament. I'm done. Or, or, or maybe when he gets bit by the snake, he, he takes the, the snake off, which he did, just grabbed it, threw it aside, and he said, that's it. Snake bite. I'm not doing snakes. I'm done. Paul didn't do that. He kept pressing 
on towards the mark. Listen, Paul went through more abuse than you and I could ever imagine. Thir over 39 lashes, more than twice. He was another time beaten so bad he was left for dead. They thought he was dead. He, he went through more than, than we could imagine. Yet in our lives, we do it in marriage. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. And it's our third marriage. And we haven't figured out that we're the common denominator in this whole process. And we, we hit a snag and went, that's, that's it. I'm looking for somebody else. We do it in our finances. We, we, we take FPU even, and, and we're in this process of getting rid of debt, and, and we're getting to, to the place where we're starting to grow in our finances, and then a bill comes in that, that we weren't expecting. That's it. I'm, I'm done. Let's go shopping. Let's, let's go. Christianity is, is another place that I've seen this in people's lives. I can't tell you how many people said, you know what? I, tr I tried God. It, it didn't work for me. I, I, I went to church. I, 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 I did that. I couldn't find a parking spot close enough to the building. Or they didn't appreciate me or, or any number of reasons. See, you can throw in the towel in, in any area of life where you can pick up the towel and wipe the sweat off and get back in the game and go on like Paul is talking about. I... He says, I worked harder than the rest of them. And he's saying this with an absolute pure heart and conscience. He's not bragging. He's just telling the truth. I worked harder than the rest of them. See, when you serve God's purpose in your life, passion will automatically follow. Do you know why? Because it's not just making a decision to make a lifestyle change or think, I'm going to do this instead of that. It's a matter of making the decision to follow Christ in any given area. And when you make the decision to follow Christ, the creator of the universe comes on inside of you and alongside of you and helps you to do it. Paul said, listen, I, I did this, but... It is by God's grace in my... That's the only way that I can do this. That's the only way that I can accomplish this much. You know Paul had his passions. He had things that he loved to do. We don't know what they were. It could have been arts. could have been music. If he were in, in our world today, it might have been cars. Paul might have been a Tesla guy or an F-150 guy. You don't, you don't know. But, but Paul had his... You know what wasn't his passion? Sitting in prison, getting shipwrecked, getting bitten by a snake, getting whipped 39 times more than once. Those were not his passions. But he was faithful in the grind. And he pursued God's purpose. And he ended up saying things like he said in Acts chapter 20. Luke, Dr. Luke is writing down. He's quoting Paul. Listen to what Paul says. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And Paul's saying, which by the way, 
worked in my life. And he turns to all of us as Christ followers and says, do this because it will work in your life. Purpose helps us feel passionate about ordinary things. They take on a whole new meaning because we're doing it for the glory of God. We're serving coffee in the cafe. We're taking care. We're just, just holding a baby, saying good morning when somebody walks through these doors. Or even in junior high ministry, pouring life, spiritual life into the emerging generation. Or in our high schools. Or maybe you open up your home to a life group. Whatever we do, God, I'm choosing to find purpose in you. It's what he calls us to do. We walk into the room and light comes in. We're called to be salt and we're called to be light. We're climate changers. There's a lot of talk about climate change. When you're, when you're raising the mood and raising the spirit as you walk into a room, you are changing climate. And maybe this morning, if, if you're stuck in a job that you hate, or if you're healing from a huge disappointment and, and you're struggling with that, or if in your life you're, you're struggling through paying down debt, or maybe you're battling cancer, you need to stop and think about that. And here's what you need to recognize. Choosing, choosing to honor God in that process means that you are following Christ. It means you're doing exactly what he says. You're taking up your cross and you're following him. And you're finding his purpose in whatever the process that you are going through, which takes God right alongside of you and totally changes the dynamics of that situation. Because you recognize that no matter what you're going through, your decision is to do it for the glory of God. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And it's his grace to me. His grace to me was not without effect. In other words, it worked. And if Paul were here preaching this morning, he would turn and he would look at every one of us square in the face and say, you deserve this as much as I deserve it. God intended it for you as much as he intended it for me. Right, bring our team on up. Let's do another song together. But for the grace of God, he says, yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Church, the work is the reward. The prize is in the process. And when you and I are grateful in the grind, we are following Christ. And I got to tell you, I look back on just my life, and I, with Paul, simply have to say, I am so grateful for his continue. I'm not, believe me, not perfect. Got a long way to go. You got a couple hours, Karen would explain that to you. But I'm not what I used to be. Not what I'm going to be. 
But God is so faithful. And because of his grace, as a church family, let's continue to follow him. We've got a great weekend here. Let's all celebrate. Our, our, our band's going to lead us in another song. Let's worship him. Father, thank you so much for your grace at work in our lives. As we enjoy this weekend, as we enjoy this time, this celebration weekend, Father, our decision is to give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. We love you with all of our hearts. Amen.